1: Nine nine five gold. That's eight three three nine nine five gold eight three three nine nine five G O L D.
0: If you've got a military first responder, emergency medical or government service background, govx.com is for you.
1: Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, hour number two, Friday edition, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Buck remains on his honeymoon. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, we have had breaking news as another member of the Republican Party has entered into the race. She is Nikki Haley, former governor of South Carolina, former US ambassador to the United Nations under Donald Trump. She joins us now and I have to say I feel like you're in your prime. Am I crazy or is that <laughs> a uh, or is that a valid uh, valid uh, assignation there?
2: You are a very smart man, yes, I am, and I will tell you, um, you know, Don Lemon made a name for himself because I think he showed why maybe sexist male anchors on c n n need mental competency tests too
1: <laughs> so i want I want to dive into that a little bit. I know there's obviously a ton that we can we can go into, but where were you when you heard that Don Lemon on c n n Had said that you were outside of your prime because you weren't in your 20s and 30s and 40s as he had googled, and did you immediately just think I did? Because when we played this clip, I was like, "This is the greatest gift that CNN could have given Nikki Haley to have someone that dumb say someone that idiot uh, say something that idiotic." It just felt like they were trying to help your candidacy almost.
2: Look, I had just gotten to New Hampshire, and I'll tell you this, I was not surprised if you saw Whoopi Goldberg hit me the day before. I have conservative minority female would be, you know, is is not a Democrat. They just can't take it. And they have pushed back on me because they know I pull in independents. They know I pull in suburban women. They know I pull in minorities. And they know what I say is right and true. And so they immediately start attacking. This won't be the first or the last. It didn't faze me. At all because there will be more. And, you know, it's, it's funny how liberals say they're pro-women, um, but then you hear sexist remarks like this. It's funny how liberals say, you know, that Republicans are the ones that are racist, but they're the ones that are quick to, to have racist comments about me. But, you know, even when I became governor in South Carolina, it was a liberal Democrat that said she's not a minority. She's just a conservative with a tan. I mean, so this is nothing new. It rolls off my back. Um, their heads are exploding, and that's okay. It shows the threat that I am, and I'll take it.
1: For people who aren't familiar with your story, uh, take us into growing up in South Carolina, what that was like, what your unique experience was. You say you're a brown girl in a uh, white and black state, which you know. The, I think a lot of people have not experienced it, although there are increasing asian populations all over the southeast in the early 70s that wasn't necessarily the case for you what was that experience like
2: you know i grew up in a rural town in south carolina population 2500 two stoplights you couldn't think about doing something wrong without telling your mom um but we were the only indian family and we weren't white enough to be white we weren't black enough to be black um, times were hard. They didn't know who we were, what we were, or why we were there. And when I would get teased on the playground, my mom would always say, your job is not to show them how you're different. Your job is to show them how you're similar. And, you know, even though they didn't know who or what we were or why we were there, my parents knew because my parents knew that I had been born in the best country in the world. And they knew that this country was an opportunity for their their children to have a better life than they did. And so they always told my brothers, my sister, and me every day that even on our worst day, we are blessed to live in America. Um, grew up that same state that didn't understand us, grew to elect me, the first minority female governor in America, and it goes to show that, you know, the, when these liberals say that America's rotten and that America's no good and that America's racist, I am proof of all of that, that it's not. And so, yeah, and you know, I go ahead, please.
1: No, no, I was just going to say, I, I think that's well said. And, and to your point, this is a really hard thing for Democrats to respond to. But if America is so fundamentally racist, how come so many minorities are literally willing to die to get here? that that's incongruous right um and it it is a really difficult question for them to answer and they don't seem to be able to do it and that's why i think frankly they're so threatened by your rise in the republican party in general because it attacks so many integral elements of their narrative
2: listen we call them out we call them out because they think they can go push on people what they want the narrative to be and they can't i'm not going to let them do that We are, is America perfect? No. But the principles at the heart of America are perfect. And so are we going to have instances that are, that are bad? Are we going to have racist people out there? Yes. But is the whole country racist? No. I have been around the world and back. And let me tell you what I saw at the United Nations is America is still the standard. When we speak, the world listens. What we do, the world follows who we are the world wants to be we we're talking to, to Nick. Start, go ahead we you know we have to stop this national self-loathing that's taking over our country and we have to start teaching our children what it means to love america and to fight for it because she's worth fighting for
1: you made the decision to run for president after first saying you wouldn't run if donald trump was running how hard was that decision for you to make why did you change your mind
2: Well, when I first said it, Biden had just taken office. That was before we had the embarrassing fall in Afghanistan. It was before we saw Biden fall all over himself to get back in the Iran deal. It's before we saw record inflation. It's before we saw our education just literally go to pieces and all this woke stuff. But it was before we lost the midterms. And So to me, it's one of those things that when I look at this, it is time to leave the status quo and the old issues of the past. It's time to get rid of the chaos and the divisiveness, and it's time to really focus on what we need to do to fix America. I mean, you've got inflation we haven't seen in a long time. You've got D.C. that's spending like drunken sailors, and we need to put them on a diet. You've got the fact that education, pre-COVID, 70% of our kids – that are in eighth grade were not proficient in reading or math. Now you add COVID to it, we've got a serious problem on our hands, and parents are worried about it. You've got the fact that we've got crime on our streets. We've got open borders like we've never seen. And when Americans look up to the sky and they see a Chinese spy balloon looking back at them, that is a national embarrassment. And so for the sake of my kids, One who's about to get married, and I see how hard it is for them to buy a home. A son who's in college, and I see what the woke education is doing. I'm the wife of a combat veteran, and I know what our military stresses are. I am not going to wait for anyone else. It is time for a new generation. It is time for new leadership. Americans are tired, and Americans deserve better. And I'm going to make sure they get it.
1: You were in the U.N., uh, and so you're uniquely aware of America's place in the geopolitical universe, When you heard that China was sending a spy balloon over this country and that Joe Biden was not going to shoot it down, what was your reaction? What would you have done if you were in the Oval Office and had been informed as he was about that Chinese spy balloon?
2: Biden is letting China eat our lunch. But this is the thing. You can't just blame Biden on this. Republicans and Democrats have thought for too long that if we were nice to China, they would want to be like us. That's narcissistic. China does not want to be like us. They want to be communist. We have to start changing the way we deal with them. And that starts with the fact we don't let the Chinese Communist Party buy any land in America, especially when they're looking at land near military bases near our most sensitive drone technology. We don't let China go and fund our universities. And if our universities take Chinese money, guess what? They're not going to get any American money. We don't let the Chinese infiltrate our research and development. We start calling them out for stealing intellectual property. And we're not going to allow any balloons or anything else to fly over. We're going to put them in their place and tell them exactly what it is we expect of them. We need to start holding them accountable for what they did with COVID. And we need to make sure that everybody when they talk about the drug problem and everything fentanyl's doing yes it's the mexican cartels that are moving it but who's sending it it's china that's sending it and america has got to wake up and be smart to this and i'm going to make sure that happens
1: have you talked to donald trump since you officially announced and and what kind of relationship do you expect that you will have with him going forward
2: I called um, the I called President Trump before I announced and had a great conversation with him. He is a friend. He's someone who I was proud to be part of his administration. He was the right president at the right time. Um, but I told him that I thought that we had, um, I told him all the issues and the reasons that I thought it was important to get in. And I told him that we needed a new generation, that we had to start looking forward and not looking back. And we had a very good conversation. And he will continue to be my friend.
1: Joe Biden's going to be 82 years old, potentially, if he runs. Uh, you mentioned the idea of cognitive tests. Do you think he has the mental acuity to be president of the United States right now, much less to potentially run and be president until he's 86.
2: Well, he's given a lot of Americans reasons to question it. When you have that kind of fall in Afghanistan, when you sit there and you watch this Chinese spy balloon, when you hear him say that the economy is not that bad, when we're all feeling that we can't afford our groceries and we see how inflation has kicked in, he is telling Americans what he wishes was the case, but he's not telling Americans the truth. And that calls into question everything. But look, it's not just about Joe Biden. You can look at everybody in D.C. I've never been in D.C., but you look at everybody in D.C., and it is the reason I think we need to have term limits. It's the reason I think we need to have mental competency tests for over the age of 75, and it's the reason I think we need to light a fire under every elected official in D.C. and tell them it's time to stop talking about our issues, and it's time to start getting to work and solving the problems that Americans want them to solve.
1: Many people, upon hearing that you were running for president, we're talking to Nikki Haley uh said she's running to be vice president um how do you respond to that question that idea
2: i don't play for a second and what i'll tell you is i am running for president and when the time is right i'm happy to let you know who my vice presidential candidate will be
1: that's a good answer um when you uh saw the don lemon i want to circle back to that for a moment Do you think he should be fired for comments like that? What should happen to him? He wasn't on the show today. Uh, His boss has said if he keeps making stupid comments like that, there'll be consequences. I'm paraphrasing that, by the way. What should happen to Don Lemon for somebody like him making those kind of comments in your mind?
2: I don't care what happens to Don Lemon. What I care about is the hypocrisy of all of this. You know here Don Lemon didn't say that about Hillary Clinton he didn't say that about Kamala Harris he didn't say it about Elizabeth Warren and you know the idea that they'll say it about a conservative minority female that's more of the issue and it's more about than just Don Lemon it's Whoopi Goldberg and the women on the view it's what we see constantly across the media all the time it's the hypocrisy of everything we're watching it's the double standard of all of it so you know you keep or you fire Don Lemon that's not going to make Make a difference. What we need to do is make sure that we continue to call them out every time we see it. And guess what? All they do is make me stronger and more determined to make sure and prove to them that they know what I know, which is they're sexist. They, they have more racist tendencies than we do, and that we're not going to buy it. We're not going to do it. And the American people don't deserve what they're dishing out.
1: Nikki Haley, if people like what they've heard here, how can they find out more about your campaign and what should they do to indicate their support?
2: Look, we've lost the last seven out of eight popular votes for president. We need to start this movement for a new generation, for a new effort of going forward, not looking back. Join our movement. Go to NikkiHaley.com. Join us today. Go tell 10 people. And if you're in Manchester, go out to Manchester tonight. Go and see us at St. A's College at 6 o'clock. We had a standing room only last night in Exeter. We're going to have a great time in Manchester. Join our movement, and let's make America right for our kids. They deserve it. You deserve it. And we're going to make it happen.
1: Nikki, appreciate you making the time. Good luck going forward. I'm sure we'll talk to you again on the show.
2: Sounds great. Thanks so much. It's
1: Nikki Haley. She's running for president. Eight, uh, You guys can weigh in. 282 if you want to weigh in. 1 800 282 2882 if you want to give feedback on what you think of that interview, also of her campaign. And also to react to anything that's happened in the first hour of the show. We're going to talk with Dr. Marty McCary here coming up in a moment. But I want to tell you in the meantime, big phone companies, ideas of customer service, automated set of prompts. How often does that happen? How frustrating is it? It's not what happens at Pure Talk. No contract wireless company. They don't make you sign on for years only wireless company to offer a hundred percent money back guarantee. Their idea of customer service being able to speak with a member of a US based customer service team, get your questions answered quickly. They do it without overcharging you instead of paying a fortune to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile every month. You can cut your bill in half with Pure Talk. $30 a month plan, much cheaper than what you'll get from those big phone companies. Just dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, to save 50% off your first month. That's pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter. Wireless restrictions apply. See site for details. Learn and laugh. Weekdays
3: with Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year. Equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined.
1: Call 833 995 GOLD. That's 833 995 GOLD. One more time 833 995 GOLD. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. with as little as four picks more player action on prize picks now than ever and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured download the free prize picks app and open your account use my name clay for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars download the prize picks app Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome in. Congratulations, everyone. You have made it to Friday. And you may get off Monday. I'll be back. I think Buck will be back early next week. As you well know, he is on his honeymoon with the lovely Carrie right now. I will be with you on Monday, even though it is a holiday for many people out there, President's Day. In fact, I think we're the only show in all of iHeart that will be live, basically. But we will be here. You may have a three-day weekend coming up. I hope all of you are in fantastic moods as we roll through February. We've got a lot to discuss. We will be honoring the memory, legacy, and impact of Rush Limbaugh during the course of this program as two years ago today he passed. I know that is still a very difficult uh, moment for many of you and that many of you, including both Buck and myself, miss Rush Limbaugh every single day. We will have a very timely tribute to him during the course of today's program. East Palestine, Ohio, continues to grow into more and more of a calamity. We talked with the congressman there on Wednesday. I thought we had a really good discussion with him about the absolute latest on the ground. But the response so far definitely begs the question of what in the world is the Biden administration doing? We will discuss. Uh, Ron DeSantis has been branded as the new Trump, even worse than Trump, as we told you would likely be the case. Uh, and there's some interesting data out on where people have moved basically since COVID started. And I think it's incredibly telling. Uh, but I wanted to start with a story that is very much a positive that I bet you're not going to hear anywhere else, probably in media today, unless a lot of people listen to this open and then they say, oh, wow, this is a big story. Now we're going to cover it. So we're number one in Salt Lake City. I love the state of Utah. I appreciate everybody out there listening to us right now. It's a fabulous place. This weekend, the NBA All-Star game is coming to Salt Lake City. Congratulations to people in Utah getting to host a big event like that where they love their jazz. It's the only major pro sports franchise in the entire state of Utah. What's interesting about this is there have been two bills passed in the last year in Utah directly related to transgender related issues. I agree with both of them, but the state of Utah has passed a bill saying kids in high school have to pa- have to play against kids on the birth certificate. In other words, if you are born a boy in Utah, you compete against boys in athletics for your entire high school career. If you are born a girl, you compete against girl, this girls. This shouldn't be wildly crazy, right? We have all sorts of designations in sports, but it's designed to keep a boy from deciding that he identifies as a girl. And then thanks to boys being bigger, stronger, and faster than girls, that boy going and playing in a girls high school sport, dominating, potentially winning a state championship. I think it's an eminently reasonable bill. I think every state in the United States should have passed this same bill. Many have, but not surprisingly, many left-wing blue states have not. But Utah has. So I agree with that bill. It was somewhat controversial. It got a lot of attention. Also, I agree with this other bill that Utah recently passed. Utah recently passed a bill that I believe every state should also pass if they haven't already, banning gender transition surgery Or minors. This isn't really that radical of an idea. In many states, for instance, you can't get a tattoo. If you can't get a tattoo, why in the world, and when you're under 18, why in the world should you be able to, for instance, have your breast removed because you have decided that you are no longer a girl and you are now a boy? That is mutilation, in my opinion. It's certainly child abuse. If, after the age of 18, you decide that you want to do that as an adult, Maybe you make that decision. I don't think it's a smart decision for young people to do, period, but that's a choice that an adult can make. But banning that sort of treatment for children doesn't seem to me ridiculous at all. You shouldn't be able to get puberty blockers, for instance, when you are 14 years old to try and keep you from becoming a boy or a girl as you go through puberty. There is much data out there that suggests, actually, that if you get puberty blockers, you are likely, in later in life, to have issue with, for instance, brittle bones because your bones as an adolescent develop a tremendous amount of strength as you come through puberty and become uh, move from a boy to a man, girl to a woman. These are very reasonable, rational, I think, bills that should be passed in every state in the union. So congratulations to Utah for getting it done. What's interesting about this, however, is... It wasn't very long ago that the NBA pulled its all-star game, and some of you will remember this, pulled its all-star game out of the state of North Carolina, out of the city of Charlotte. Uh, and they did it because North Carolina had passed a bill that said you need to use the bathroom of your gender. Now, how would you enforce that bill? I wrote about it at the time. It's not as if there is someone who is standing outside of the bathroom doing genital checks uh, to see whether or not you're using the right bathroom. But the NBA in 2017 was so woke that they made the decision to pull their All Star game out of Charlotte over this. Uh, and they re- released this statement While we recognize the NBA cannot choose the law in every city, state, and country in which we do business, We do not believe we can successfully host our All-Star festivities in Charlotte in the climate created by, the bill was called HB2. Uh, They said that they would, as a result, move the All-Star game to a new site back in 2017. Um, And uh, there were all sorts of comments that were made uh, about what a brave action that was to undertake by the NBA. The reason why I want to bring this up is sometimes we don't count our victories. And sometimes those victories don't even get an ounce of media attention. I haven't seen anyone writing and arguing the NBA should pull its all-star game out of Salt Lake City over the two bills that were passed in the state of Utah. And I would argue that those two bills are far more extensive in terms of their impact, certainly in the world of sports, since one directly involves sports, than the bathroom bill in the first place. So what's going on here? Why in 2017 was the NBA so bill that exists in North Carolina? Remember, all that bill said was, hey, you should use the bathroom of your gender. If you were born a boy, go to the boy's room. If you're born a girl, go to the girl's room, right? That's all it said. And there was no mechanism, really, by which anybody was checking to see, oh, what genitals do you have in order for you to use the bathroom? So it was pr- primarily just a statement of, hey, we think gender is is real, right, in the state of North Carolina. That doesn't seem to me to be a particularly offensive bill to be passed. It doesn't seem to have some amazing amount of enforcement mechanism or anything like that. Yet the NBA pulled its all-star game. So what does it say now about how much the NBA is in default, not publicly, but in quietly acknowledging that they were totally wrong in that decision, that they are showing up in Salt Lake City in the same year were two very restrictive bills that basically do the same thing, if not more, than what was passed in North Carolina, and they aren't even saying a word about it. They're not protesting. They're not demanding that the bills be repealed. They didn't threaten to pull the All-Star game out of Utah over the fact that the bills might be passed. No player, to my knowledge, has spoken out about this at all. No owner, no commissioner, No one in the NBA is even mentioning the laws that were passed in Salt Lake City. Now, again, I 100% agree with what Salt Lake City did, but don't mistake what's going on here. Because on Monday we had a conversation where I said, look, what you have to recognize out here is that many of you don't have an issue with sports. You have an issue with the media that covers sports and some of the executives that make decisions associated with sports. Those people are woke. Most athletes, by and large, are not woke because sports are the opposite of woke. It's a meritocracy. Best man or best woman wins. It's highly competitive. There is no equity. There is no equality. The goal in sports is to be better than the other person, to beat the team or individual that you compete against. And athletes understand that. And this is, make no mistake, this is a major win. In fact, it's such a major win that there's not even any media that I'm aware of that have even written about this. Not anybody in the entirety of the woke sports media. They're all, I think, finally aware that the vast majority of sports fans rejects this. And this is a default acknowledgement for all of you listening in North Carolina That the NBA got it wrong when they pulled their all-star game out of Charlotte in the first place. Now, part of this is hypocrisy, right? The NBA is fine playing games in China where they have actual concentration camps. The NBA is fine going to the Middle East where you can be beheaded if you're gay and playing games there. So they're finally recognizing that as a global company, getting involved in state law issues in a woke perspective is awful for their brand and also extremely hypocritical but it's important sometimes to notice when we get these wins the media doesn't even acknowledge it i bet every single one of you and we're number one in salt lake city is this being covered in local salt lake city i know it's not being covered nationally how many of you even knew about this How many of you were even aware that the NBA is basically tucking its tail between its legs and acknowledging that four or five years ago they were completely wrong to have gone woke and pulled their all-star game out of Charlotte because they're rolling into Salt Lake City, which has more restrictive laws directly related to sports on the transgender issue, and they ain't even saying a word to anybody? Sometimes we think we are losing because we don't take the time to recognize when we win. Because the media, by and large, doesn't tell us when we win because that requires the media acknowledging that they were wrong in the first place. This is a big win. I would argue it's a monstrous win for those of us out there who have been fighting back against woke sports for years and years. And the odds are most of you have never even heard about this story and didn't even know what was going on because our wins don't get put on the front page of the paper. Sometimes they get buried to the extent that we don't even know they happen open phone lines 800-282-2882 Friday edition of the show as always wanted to start off with something super positive there that again I bet almost none of you have even seen which is pretty crazy to think about look here's the deal want a better night's sleep don't we all mike lindell and the my pillow crew know that it's one of the reasons they reinvented their legendary my pillow with the 2.0 version the my pillow 2.0 has the same patented adjustable fill of the original my pillow All the rage, but they leveled it up with temperature-regulating technology. Brand-new, exclusive fabric, cool to the touch, making the MyPillow 2.0 softest, smoothest, coolest pillow you'll ever own. The MyPillow 2.0, in fact, is giving you a hell of a deal right now. I've got it on my own bed. You're going to love it. You buy one, you get one free for a limited time. Use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. MyPillow 2.0, 100% made in the USA. Comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. Here's how you get it. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 to get your MyPillow 2.0. Now. From the front lines of truth, Clay Travis
4: and Buck Sexton.
1: Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. Joined now by Johns Hopkins doctor, uh, Marty McCary, who's been on this show Many times in the past, hope all is going well with you, uh, Dr. McCary. Want to dive right into it. NBC News, I feel like I'm going back in time, has a story up today. I I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I'm sure you're familiar with the idea. Saying, wait for it, natural immunity actually provided better protection than the COVID shot did. Um, Again, I feel like we're going back into a time warp. It's amazing how so many things that you argued for for years are now being acknowledged in the present day. Uh, What is your reaction when you see stories like this coming out in 2023?
5: Well, NBC News has been hostile towards many of the ideas that many of us have been putting out there against the medical establishment. But I'm glad that NBC News is finally catching up with the fact that in 430 B.C., (laughs) <laughs> the Athenian plague resulted in natural immunity, and it was well recognized that if, after you had infection, you were immune. So I'm glad they're finally getting up to speed.
1: Um, when you look at, now you see acknowledged that there is, for instance, in 25 to 44-year-olds, a 30% increase in heart attack deaths. That is an age range where we typically do not see people dying of heart attacks. Uh, that data is now acknowledged but there's an argument about what could be causing that. Based on what you have seen, do you think that it could be connected to the COVID shots and the boosters, or do you think it's a legacy of COVID? Do you think maybe it's just people were super unhealthy because of COVID, and as a result, we're seeing the fallout? To what would you attribute what we know to be a 30% increase in heart attack deaths for young people?
5: Well, first of all, if somebody is a part of a cult, they're not going to listen to the data, no matter what we say. And I think that's most public health officials. It doesn't matter how much data, how many quality studies are out there. It's a religion for them. They're not going to leave their positions. But if we look at the data, there's a lot of information that the vaccines cause myocarditis and even that some have died from the vaccine-induced myocarditis. That's out there. I mean, the SWIFT study found that almost 3% of people after the vaccine had some minimal heart damage measured with a test called a troponin increase. And in the original Pfizer vaccine trial, in the supplemental document, six people died of heart attacks and two people died in the placebo group. Six people in the vaccine arm died of heart attack and two people died in the placebo group. That was never explored. That was probably an early sign.
1: So if you were advising people right now, it's 2023. I think most people have made the decision. I'm not getting the COVID shot. I'm not going to get a booster. I, I think that's what the data reflects for substantial majorities. Would What would you tell people they should do at this point with COVID? Would you just say, hey, you've probably had it multiple times. You probably have natural immunity for both you, your kids, everybody else in your family in your not based on your knowledge does the covid shot or boosters make much sense for anyone at this point in time
5: i mean it would be hard to envision a subgroup that really benefits from it clearly but if there is a group i would say it's high-risk people who have not had COVID, if those people
1: are still around. Which would be a tiny number of people, probably, right? I mean, because almost everybody's had COVID. In particular, if you're high-risk, you're probably more susceptible to it because you're not in great health in the first place.
5: Exactly. Look, everyone's going to get COVID seven or eight times in their life, at least. I mean, this thing's going to circulate. It's a seasonal virus. It is joining the common cold family of coronaviruses. It has been less severe. How do we know that? China just had COVID rip through the entire population. And did they see the massive run on hospitals and, you know, two month crematorium wait lists that we saw during the Wuhan outbreak? No. This is a less severe virus. Doesn't mean somebody couldn't get hurt from it. It just means it's in the family of respiratory viruses that circulate. But I'll tell you what people are dying from mental illness, substance abuse, being shut out of school wearing masks and learning disabilities. So we're seeing significant harm from the restrictions. And at this point, we've just got to recognize that a lot of these things didn't do anything. And the COVID boosters ruined a lot of lives. So that took a toll on society.
1: Do you you mention that you're basically in a member of the COVID cult at this point, and the data doesn't really move you to a large extent if you've convinced yourself that it's the worst thing to ever happen in you know United States and world history? Having said that, it feels to me like we're seeing a pivot from oh, all of these things were justified: the lockdowns, the essential versus non-essential businesses, the arresting people on paddle boards. From a, that was all necessary, to a, well, we just didn't know any better. I know you're not a historian, but what do you think this looks like from the medical establishment 20 years from now, 40 years from now, as people look back and the immediate impact and emotions of the moment have vanished and you're looking at it in a more analytical perspective? Well,
5: I think one of the reasons history is written by the victors. They can tell their own narrative. And right now, the medical establishment is using the inflated numbers on COVID. That is, people dying from other things, but they happen to test positive for COVID, getting counted as a COVID death. That massively inflated number is being used to tell a narrative that they believe in, and that is that they prevented more deaths and that we still need to take this seriously. You still see schools that are universally masking you still see the vaccine mandate in places where the data is irrefutable that it doesn't affect transmission. The vaccine doesn't stop transmission. So why do they have the mandates in place? I mean, it's going to take years to pull this back. And somebody was actually honest with me in one of these COVID cult members, and they actually said, you know, it's good to keep the masks on the kids in schools while COVID levels are high and then just keep them on for an extra few years And then take them off. I mean, that's the kind of cult that we're dealing with here.
1: I'm still so furious because we haven't seen, we're talking to Dr. Marty McCary, who has done phenomenal work. He's been on this show a lot. He has done uh, such a good job trying to fight public health battles uh, on behalf of sanity in what was certainly an insane world surrounding COVID. Um, In terms of where we go now, you, you made such a good point about China. Everybody said, oh, my goodness, you know, we used China as an example, uh, Dr. Fauci did, of what the United States should do. And then finally, Chairman Xi just said, this is a disaster. The protests started even in China about lockdowns, and they ended it. And all the people out there who said it was going to be an unmitigated disaster basically had to acknowledge that this thing swept through China. Everybody got it. Most people were Okay. And now there doesn't seem to really be any element of the lockdown universe that even still has an adherence. Where do we go from here?
5: <laughs> well, it is amazing as you describe it how China is essentially uh, abandoned the lockdown policy, and we still defend it here in the United States with the man. Yeah, it is it's true. It's very ironic. Look, I think public health officials need to do a couple things. One. give give an honest apology. I mean, this new study that just came out in the Lancet that you mentioned at the beginning, it's clearly showing natural immunity is as effective or better. Acknowledge it. All those nurses that were fired, we need them back at the hospital. We need them rehired with back pay and the soldiers and so many other people, teachers. So they need to apologize. They need to rehire. They need to just be honest about where we are today And I think we finally need the NIH to announce an all-out, forever ban on gain-of-function research. It's not that hard. Just once and for all come out and say, no more Frankensteining viruses and juicing them up to make them more contagious. That should never happen ever in the history of the world in perpetuity with a universal declaration. That is something where the U.S. should be taking the leadership position on but no one is even talking about it at the nih none of the medical establishment want to even bring it up
1: are you optimistic as you look towards uh biden has said oh we're finally ending the emergency declaration in may um one of the things that we we were having a conversation i think this week and one of the possibilities is it's so bad for democrats because they're supposed to be the party of science and they ended up getting everything wrong that they're just going to pretend this story never happened, right? And just try to pretend that COVID never happened and just move right on into 2024, trying to make new arguments. They may claim, oh, we beat COVID thanks to the vaccine policies and everything else. But by and large, it feels like they just want to pretend everything they argued, the school lockdowns, the teachers' unions, Randy Weingarten, and all those Looney Bin members – that it just didn't happen, right? Like, it's almost like they want to do the men in black memory stick, if you remember that, where they could just erase everything and just pretend, okay, COVID didn't happen, or they claim victory and just move right on. Do you think that's kind of where we are? Well, look, I did see
5: an article. I think it was in the Atlantic, or it might have come from Pharma or the FDA. I I can't even tell the difference anymore. But it said, let's just give amnesty to all of our public health officials.
1: Oh, yeah, I I saw that. Thanks, man.
5: Remember, let's just forgive. Yeah, yeah. I can, my faith teaches me to forgive, but there's been so much damage. They have not even been honest about what actually happened. So I don't, it's, it's a problem right now. It's a big, huge problem because we can still do a lot of repair and we can still rewrite history to be honest. If we're honest, natural immunity beat COVID. Wasn't anything else. Wasn't our lockdowns or arresting surfers in California. It was natural immunity. So I wouldn't encourage someone to try to get the infection, but let's be honest about what happened. Natural immunity beat COVID.
1: Um, Dr. McCary, you have been absolutely phenomenal. Make sure you text me the next time you're here in my hometown in Nashville. We need to go out and get a drink and uh, have a dinner. Um, I appreciate all the work that you have done over the years, also on the Wall Street Journal editorial page. Uh, I don't want to forget, I don't want our audience to forget, how much heat you and others would take for sharing all of this information, even though it was counter to the narrative of the time. Um, and I hope for people who write the histories in the years to come uh, that you will be one of the heroes of the medical establishment. I certainly appreciate everything you've done. Thanks so much, Clay. I appreciate you. No doubt. He is Dr. Marty McCarry. encourage you guys to go follow him uh, on Twitter and make sure that you follow people who are actually truth tellers as opposed to, frankly, liars, which far too many people in our uh, medical establishment have been over the past several years. Uh, I want to tell you as uh, we roll in here towards the end of the third hour, um, got a couple of clips I want to play for you from uh, uh, Joe Biden and the incredible incompetence there. Also, want to give you an opportunity to weigh into the interview with Nikki Haley, what you thought about that. one eight hundred two eight two It is Friday after all, and we want to make sure that we are sharing with you. Uh, you have the opportunity to share your opinions with our audience. Top of the third hour. Second anniversary of Russia Limbaugh's death. We are going to play a cut that I think many of you are going to want to hear of his legacy and, uh, of his brilliance, um, in honor of his passing. When severe weather affects us, it's not enough to just load up with flashlights, batteries. Sure, might help for a few days, but it's just a start of preparation out there. Look, most of you out there have got health insurance. You got car insurance. You got home insurance you got all these different things that you're trying to protect in the event of tragedy befalling you and your family. Why don't you have food insurance? It's easy. We've got it in the Travis household right now. In fact, the end of this hour, you going to walk right down to the pantry. There will be five three-month food kits from my Patriot Supply rolled up right there in my house. One for me, one for my wife, one for all three of my kids. We're taking care of ourselves because, you know, who knows what might happen after the last several years. We have three months of food for each member of our family, 2,000 calories a day. It will store for years. I hope we never have to use it, but it's fantastic to know that it's there. My job, help prepare and take care of my family. How many of you out there are doing the same? You can get hooked up right now at mypatriotsupply.com. Get $200 worth of free survival essentials with your three-month emergency food kit. Everything in stock, ready to go, with free shipping, too. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. That's MyPatriotSupply.com. One more time, MyPatriotSupply.com. com. Download and use the new Clay & Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Find every podcast as they're released and listen. Find the Clay & Buck app in your app store and make it
3: part of your day.
0: Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand.
1: Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious
0: metals for various reasons,
4: And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
2: Savings based on cost of Consumer cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024.
1: Welcome back in. Hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. Reminder, Buck will be back on Tuesday. He's been on his honeymoon with the lovely Carrie somewhere out in the South Pacific. I don't even know how much he's been checking his phone. I've tried not to send any emails, any texts. Tried to just allow him to vanish into the awesomeness that is beautiful beach weather in the South Pacific. But he will be back on Tuesday. Um, and we'll be together for the next several weeks. And then on spring break, I can't wait for this. I'm taking my family to Italy. I've never been there. My wife is Italian. Uh, her family background. She's never been so uh, I'll be out for a little bit in March during spring break and buckle, man, the ship. It's one of the good things about being a duo is basically one of us is always going to be here. And I haven't really talked a great deal. I don't think either Buck or I have uh, on this show about Russia's legacy and how we came to come together on this show. So I thought on the two year anniversary of Rush Limbaugh's death, i tell you a little bit behind the scenes of of how I ended up on this program. So she doesn't get enough credit, and she tries to hide behind the scenes. But Julie Talbot, who is our boss at Premier and was Russia's boss at Premier Networks, is one of the most talented people to ever work in radio. And she's probably blushing right now, and she's like, Oh, my dear, what in the world? Don't talk about me. She put Buck and I together, but she also was instrumental in all of the success that Rush Limbaugh had for many years as part of Premier and iHeart. And when Rush died, Julie came to me and she said, no one's ever going to replace Rush. That's true. When you are an iconic original, there is never going to be a replacement. But she said, you've been doing sports talk radio, morning, blowing up all over the country from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern. Some of you may be listening to me now because you used to listen to that show. And when sports shut down in March, April, May, and June of 2020, there were literally no sports. I came on every day and did three hours of sports talk radio to a large degree that was focused on the fact that we had to return to normalcy in this country. I didn't take a single day off because I felt like there was so much chaos and uncertainty out there that it was important for there to be some consistency. And I know that a lot of you still had to work. Many of you out there driving trucks right now, you're actual essential workers. To me, if you didn't have to work, that is a sign that your job in the grand scheme of things didn't matter that much to many people. You're stocking grocery shelves, you had to work. You worked at a gas station, you had to work. Many of you out there that are the heartbeat of American commerce and keep this country running didn't have the luxury of going and hiding inside of your apartments or homes and ordering food takeout delivery and sitting around getting full paychecks watching Netflix while you lectured everybody else who was out there actually making sure that the country kept running. Police, firemen, so many of you out there had to keep working. And so I kept doing my show, and something crazy happened. The number of people listening skyrocketed wasn't a single sporting event going on. There was nothing to react to. Nobody to say, oh my goodness, did you see that officiating call? This guy has to be fired. This guy has to be hired. Give this player a max contract. None of that was going on. Numbers kept going up. Julie came to me and she said, people don't want your sports opinion. They want your opinion. And the impact that Rush had is so massive that you can't, say no to this opportunity to be put alongside of Buck Sexton. I didn't seek this job. I, I'm I'm maybe a little bit unique in the context of there's never been a job out there where when I started writing and talking as a practicing attorney, I never thought, oh my goodness, I hope one day I can have this job or that job. I just I never was trying to take over uh any job or try to aspire to take any job. I just wanted to get better at writing radio and TV. And so when this opportunity came, I spent a lot of time sitting around thinking about it. And you guys know that I love sports, and I fought hard to try to make sports and American culture look more like sports, because I believe in capitalism and the meritocracy and the best man or best woman winning and competition in general in the innate, extraordinary nature of American freedom and life. And the more and more I thought about it, as a dad... Things change, right? And I know many of you out there who are parents and grandparents know what, I talk, uh, what I'm talking about. But you reach a point in your life, and it's different for everybody, where you start thinking more about what the future is going to be for your kids than what the present day is for you. And that pivot happens at different ages for different people. But COVID was a massive alarm bell for me. Where I looked around at my kids, who are still all three young boys, and thought to myself, my goodness, what world are we leaving for them? Where suddenly you have to worry, not about tax policy, right? We can sit around and have reasoned arguments about, what the top 1% tax rate should be. And we can have reasoned arguments about what percentage of our national uh, budget every year should be directed towards Medicare and Social Security and defense. But what we can't argue about, and what unfortunately has become an argument, is the innate goodness of this country and of the people here And of the fact that this is the greatest country to ever exist in the history of the world. And when the argument shifts from, Oh, I think it should be a 42% tax, or I think it should be a 28% tax on corporate profits or individual tax codes, to America's a fundamentally awful racist place, and therefore nothing in American history is legitimate or worth discussing or celebrating that's a big difference because when you attack the foundation of American excellence, you're attempting to destroy the country and you are no longer country was founded on. I was thinking about that a lot when I decided to come over here and start spending three hours every day with you guys. Buck was already in this battle, but for me, I'd always been in the toy chest of life sports, things that people like and I couldn't continue to see the country that I loved denigrated and attacked and destroyed on a day-to-day basis by forces, frankly, that I think are absolutely insane. And I certainly couldn't, in good faith, as a father of three, think to myself, what are you going to say when you're 75 and you're a grandpa 30 years from now if the country continues on the course that it's on right now? That you sat around and talked about who the best quarterback was in the NFL? And that's your legacy? That you talked about whether Michael Jordan or LeBron James was better? And that's what you spent your time making arguments about? I just couldn't do it anymore. And Julie Talbot, when she brought Buck and I together, said, I didn't want one person to sit behind the golden microphone because you'd immediately be compared to Rush. And that, no matter who you are, is a legacy it's very hard to even comprehend, much less live up to. And so the show was going to sound different, but the battles would be the same. And two years after Rush's passing, as we started off this third hour on this anniversary day that many of you are holding in your hearts, I thought, let's play a clip that is particularly apropos, that is timeless, and that speaks to the unique and brilliant freedoms of American life and why this country that we all live in were so incredibly fortunate to be here. And that is why we picked this clip from November 28th of 2007 from Rush Limbaugh talking about freedom and the greatness of the United States. Listen. The one true and pure ideal
4: this country was started with was the idea of freedom. It has been our North Star for decades upon decades over centuries. It is the vision that drove men to this country against all odds in the 1500s, and it still does today. It's the reason they fought in the cold with no shoes with Washington. At Delaware, it is the, it is the, at the Delaware rich the reason we are the one society to get rid of slavery, or the first to do it. Uh, the Brits did a pretty good job of it as well, but, but the point is freedom is, you ever asked yourself, and I've asked you this before, how is it that in 260 years, less than 260 years, A population of 300 million people has established the single greatest, most powerful force for good nation in the history of civilization versus civilizations and societies and countries have been around thousands of years longer. The answer, uh, in simple form, is freedom. It is fundamental.
1: So well said. On the two-year anniversary of his passing, he will never be forgotten. But what Buck and I are trying to do every single day is continue to fight the battles that Rush would be fighting if he were still here. And hopefully, my thought is, helping to pass that baton on to the next generation. Because I know every single day, many of you out there who listened to Rush for 30-plus years, you might be in your 60s, 70s, 80s uh, year old now. And to the extent that I'm 43 and troubled about what I'm seeing, I know that many of you are even more troubled. Well, Buck and I are here to keep the fight going, and we hope that in the years to come, raising up a new generation of fighters who understand the importance and the legacy of American freedom and excellence that Rush has bestowed upon us, that frankly all of our forefathers have bestowed upon this entire country when entrepreneurs establish businesses to solve clear and obvious problems people encounter you have to give them credit for the vision we're just talking about legacy about memory about the importance of family that all is innately packed into your day-to-day existence but how easy can you share your family memories whether it's on a camcorder old slides old pictures do you worry about them vanishing do you worry about whether your kids and grandkids will understand what grandma and grandpa and great-grandma and grandpa went through and the story that they bequeathed to your family? Legacy Box did, and that's why they created an entire business. They will preserve forever your family memories, put them on a digital file, allow you to share them for generations to come. If you haven't done it yet, now is a great time to make an incredible bequest and gift to your family It's the history of your family preserved for generations to come. doesn't cost that much. It's not too complicated. Legacy Box will take care of you. You can become your family's hero and the protector of your family's history by visiting LegacyBox.com slash Clay today to get a great discount off their regular prices. LegacyBox.com slash Clay will help you to ensure that your family's memories never vanish, that they are always there for everyone to see. One more time, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Keeping it real. Keeping it honest. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton.
0: If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned.
1: GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. Savings for those who serve. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer.